Welcome to Background Screening uh, Tips in Tech. Uh, your hosts, Tim Santoni and Joe Berlin. Happy to be coming to you guys this morning. Um, Joe's coming to us from Ohio. I'm from out here in our corporate offices here in Orange County, California. Um, welcome to the podcast and the show. If you're listening or watching, thanks for joining us. Um, and today, I think we're going to tackle an issue that's near and dear to a lot of uh, people in the HR community, uh, hiring community, when that is, you know, the, the impact that COVID-19 is having on the hiring process uh, when it comes to background screening and the whole kind of experience in terms of timing. Um, and I think that this is something that the employers need to be aware of because I'm not sure that it's changing anytime soon. Um, Joe, what's your kind of perspective on what we're looking at in terms of timing as we kind of return to a new normal or move back into, you know, a, a more traditional turnaround uh, situation? Well, I mean, I think everybody's hoping that it's uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but what I think that companies need to prepare themselves for uh, is a backlog, right? And so, you know, uh, there's been a lot of people out of work now, and we know a lot of companies want to get back into to bringing people back on or bringing back those furloughed, furloughed employees. Um, but I think that it's going to take some time. Right. And I think that you're going to have a lot, a lot of new applicants, not a lot of new applications, resumes and those types of things. Um, so time frame, if you know, I think if everything cleared up now, we're still looking at, you know, more than a year for things to kind of get back to, to quote unquote normal. Yeah, that's a good point. So so one thing that, that's impacting this just so it's super clear is that the, the reason the turnaround times are lagging when it comes to background screening has to do with the court closures and the county criminal level searches that are required um, in certain jurisdictions where court, court assisted search or there's actually terminals that need to be accessed because of limited access hours, limited operating hours and some closures like in the state of New Jersey that just moved back into operation. That's really slowing things down. Um, and, and again, when we say the new normal, we don't know when that will be because the access to these facilities and the staffing has not necessarily gone back to new normal and we don't know when that will be. Um, so from a, from a communications perspective, I'd like Joe to talk a little bit about, you know, how to, you know, talk to your screening partner and how to deal with your team and, and how to communicate effectively to kind of deal with the situation as we, as we work through. And there's, there's multiple factors and multiple people that need to be involved. So maybe Joe talk a little bit about how to effectively communicate and, and some, some strategies that should be in place and how to communicate effectively about, about these delays and the different uh, you know, processes that we're going through in these times. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing for any HR department, talent acquisition department, is to have a partner that is going to be uh, proactive in their outreach to you. There's a lot going on in the world of HR. Um, background screening is not predominantly the top priority. We understand that. So I think that's, that's of the utmost importance. Ensure that your screening partner is being proactive. Um, there's a lot of ways they can do that. I've, I've known of companies who send out proactive emails. Um, I know others that have, you know, chat and IM features that, that can allow you to kind of plug in and get the answers that you need right away. Um, you know, but set those expectations with the hiring manager, set those expectations with the recruiting team, but specifically set them with your employees or, or your applicant. It's important for that individual to understand what's going on and what the expectations as far as turnaround time uh, and things of that nature are going. Uh, so I think those are those are important, but it, it's a matter of, um, regardless of who you're using for background screening, to really look at them as a partner um, and less as a, a, as a vendor, um, but somebody who's there to help you. Uh, and I think I can speak for most background screening companies that they, they do want to do that. They want to be your partner. They want to help you through these tough times. 
um, and they're not looking to just sell you a product. Uh, so I think it's important to keep those line of, lines of communication and that's a good point. I think that the better information that goes from your screening partner to the recruiting, to the managers, to the teams, the better they can communicate with the applicants and the less frustration the applicants have with the process and the more streamlined it is in terms of expectations. And it creates a, a better process, especially in these stressful times where people are looking to get back to work or hiring manager needs to get 10 people deployed on a project, right? It's stressful for everyone involved in that, in that communication and the feedback and just the constant updates, I think is crucial to, to move, move, move forward and kind of get, you know, businesses going back to normal or an applicants getting back to work. Um, yeah. There's, there's nothing more frustrating. I'm sure for HR than when you have an applicant that's calling you saying, Hey, what's going on and your hiring manager or your talent acquisition lead has no clue what's going on. And, you know, that just goes up chain and then ultimately to your screening provider. Um, and I really think that that channel should work the opposite direction. I think that the applicant should be getting more information uh, than what they need um, on the front end. And Joe, so there's obviously a few different options that people have when it comes to modifying their screening practices in these times. And one of those things that we've seen, unfortunately, that, that may be adopted, I don't, again, the data may, may not be reflective. I don't think HR people are coming out and saying it, but you know, whether there's a furloughed employees that don't need to necessarily be screened or, or rechecks or rescreens or audits or just background screening in general could be something that we they push to the side um, and say, you know what, because of the delays and the issues and the complications, we're going to forego doing background screening. So maybe just talk to that point and knowing that it is a reality for some companies and, and kind of the yeah. impact of that, both pros and cons, and maybe mm -hmm. some strategies to navigate around that, you know, as we move through this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, I think that um, background screening and, and dependent on industry, dependent on company and company culture has become um, a necessary evil, so to speak. And I think that when you, even give yourself the option to maybe not do a background check, you're forgetting the necessary part of it, right? So the necessity of a background screen is to keep your brand, your employees, and, and potentially your customers or patients safe. And so I, I don't think there's really ever a good time to forego any kind of background screen. However, understanding that there's ways you can modify it, right? So New Jersey, for instance, their courts just reopened. And, um, so there was a time in there where there, those courts weren't open and we understand you couldn't do a background screen there. Uh, but you can do a, a national criminal database. Is it the best product to run as a standalone? No, we understand that. But maybe you run the applicant's current county. Current county is not available. Maybe other jurisdictions within their social security number trace are. Ensure you're running what you can. You can always provide a contingent offer and come back to those counties. Again, going back to those lines of communication with your partner, you know, you can have these discussions, these policy discussions with your background screening provider so that they understand, hey, when these courts become open, that they go back, they reopen that search and rerun those, those courts at that time. Again, that's why I think those lines of communication are so important. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And also, too, the 30-day window, the FCRA 30-day window, there's no point to do a background check that's inclusive of a county that's closed and then find 30 days that you've got to close it without the results. So you have a delay, you have a compliance yep. issue, and then you still don't have information to make a good hiring decision. So that's where kind of implementing a policy, you know, check with your HR uh, director, consultant, and employment lawyer on this kind of stuff. But it's, it's important to know that you should implement a rescreen or recheck in those situations so you can go back and recheck. Um, yeah, we have absolutely. a client in the healthcare industry in, in New York, for instance, and they made the decision to do a national criminal database search and healthcare sanction search um, in order to get people placed in these positions because it was critical and knowing that they're going to go back in the, 
in the next three to six, nine months and run a full search on those people to fill in those gaps because that was all that was available. And they updated their policies and their procedures and their agreements with their clients to reflect that so that it was super clear. And, you know, they, they quickly moved on that. It was a good business decision for them. And it was obviously necessary in these times where we need healthcare workers, you know, filling positions and, and doing necessary and, you know, risking their lives to protect, protect all of us. So. Right. Right. And you bring up a good point there. And, and so I'll just kind of add to that um, and, and kind of uh, reiterating what I said, you know, talk with your background screening provider when you're rewriting some of these policies, because they're going to know these things inside and out, right? The 30 day window, when these courts open, they're going to know right away, they can help you with it. Of course, you're always going to want to, you know, touch base with in-house counsel and, and so on and so forth when it comes to policy, but bring your provider in and, and your, your partner and, and sit with them and have these discussions so that it's out there, it's on the table, and you have a better understanding when you're working with your in-house counsel to write these policies. Yeah, and so Joe, I mean, we talk about criminal records as kind of a foundational element of a background screening program, but uh, the statistics show that, you know, 52% of information on resumes as it relates to employment-related information is often misleading or false. Um, so, so maybe talk to the point of that, yeah, you may forego criminal research and may do different things in terms of that respect, but you know, what's the importance of doing an employment verification as part of a background screening profile, you know, you know especially in these times? In, in these times, especially. So, you know, I remember when I started in the industry, uh, the stat that, that I was taught at the time was it was something like 52% of applicants had an inaccuracy, right, on their, on their resume. Uh, that's a pretty big number. You know, were those, you know, outright lies? Were they purposely doing those things? No, they were just inaccuracies. And we can all understand that, you know, there's small inaccuracies that happen. But I think, you know, understanding that an employment verification, yeah, it's going to add a little bit of turnaround time. But there's a couple things that kind of give you the need to do it. Um, you're going to have an influx of employees. We've talked about that. You know, when this whole thing starts lightening up, you're going to have that influx of employees. You want to make sure you're getting the best applicants. And what better way to know when you're getting a, a really good applicant than talking with their former employer? Um, and it's also going to clear up some of those inaccuracies. And as you're getting an influx of them, you know, that's a, a lot of inaccuracies because I'm, I'm pretty confident that number probably hasn't changed that much. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think that as there's a there's a need to fill roles in organizations, that the background check is important from a compliance and regulatory and risk perspective. But if the person gets in there and needs to hit the ground running, but they they, they don't have the experience that they claim they have, it's going to cause more turnaround, more cost, more time, and more issues than anything else. And so verifying that at a, at a basic level is just kind of the most yeah. crucial step, even at basic warehouse delivery, other you know, administrative jobs, because there's going to be a lot more people out there fighting for jobs. And my guess is that not to say that people are, are, are bad, just there's going to be some exaggerations in terms of roles and titles and duties because they're trying to get back into that workforce, to gain, gain employment and, and, you know. Well, yeah. And you, you don't, you also don't want to lose an applicant, right? And so if you're not verifying previous salary, um, maybe you're undercutting what the guy's value is and, and you're going to lose out on that applicant to another company who did their due diligence and, and was able to make a, an acceptable offer uh, to that individual. Sure. So moving on, um, obviously workforces, have, the way we're recruiting and the way that the workforces are, are interacting with their teams and their divisions and their, their, their you know, co-workers has changed drastically. And specifically, we're talking about remote workforce. So, Joe, maybe talk about the importance of having the ability to do remote screening and, and utilizing technology and, and electronic apps to actually 
implement screening when you can't physically touch paper or physically meet someone in person, you know, in a traditional, uh, you know, recruiting and onboarding. Program. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've always said in background screening, uh, the importance of your partner comes down to two things, right? It's the technology in which they're delivering the background screen results to you and the customer service that they're providing it. And that's through, you know, proactive updates and those things that we've already talked about. But um, when you start getting to technology, I think it's important to remember with everybody being uh, remote, right? You've got a ton of remote employees now. I myself, uh, you know, Tim, you brought me on remotely. And so it, it's got it, it has its own hurdles that everybody's kind of learning. But one of the things that we got to take into consideration is how is your applicants uh, or, or furloughed employees coming back to the workforce? How are they completing this documentation? Got to be mobile friendly got to have the ability to, to allow them to utilize their laptops to, to fill out this information, digital signatures, those types of things. Um, I also think it's important to keep the other options, right? The paper options, not all workforces are, are technic, technologically forward. And so you've got to, you got to have options. So I think it's important to be flexible dependent on who, who the, the end user is and what their applicant but it's of the utmost importance with, with those remote workforces uh, to have those options. If you don't, it's going to make things harder. Your turnaround time is inevitably going to be harder or longer. Um, so I just think that's that's important. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's too, is a customization factor that needs to be in place no matter what type of business. Because maybe you were a paper and you need to migrate electronically for whatever reason. Or maybe yeah. you're electronic and you need to migrate to paper. Or maybe now you need to have paper, an electronic app, and maybe a dedicated website to send people to. And having the, those options are super important because there's no reason to let those things get in the way of, of the hiring process, the screening process, and onboarding, especially when you're dealing with other delays that we have no control over. So having that flexibility and the, those customizations, I think, are super important. And again, communicating with your provider about those issues, they could, there's so many different options out there that can be customized at a pretty nominal or free you know, amount of money and would save you headaches and time, especially as an HR professional, maybe you don't have an HR generalist or an admin to assist with. And so you don't have the time to process things, the paper, or you don't have time to, you know, with the influx of of resumes coming in, maybe you're focused on the screening as opposed to the onboarding and maybe benefits person is not full time anymore. So all those things come into consideration. I think it comes down to the time, not just of the background check, but the time that the professional that's managing the program whether that's a business owner, an office manager, an HR director, a professional, or a consultant, that their time is super valuable and it should be spent doing those things that bring the most value to that organization. Yeah, and, and always make sure it's mobile friendly, right? So we, we tend to think of software as simply being on the computer and we, we forget that our faces are buried in our phones all day long. Right. Uh, and mobile friendly software and platforms uh, are going to be a huge advantage to, I think, any organization. When you send an applicant to say, hey, I need you to fill out these FCRA documents, you know, to be able to do those things and, and sign right from your, your phone is not all websites transfer to, to mobile-friendly applications in the best way. Sure. So, you know, I, I think that we're talking about background screening as a whole, and there's, there's one area of background screening that, um, you know, I think is going to gain popularity or gain adoption across, you know, different, different areas of the country. And that's social media screening. Um, you know, Joe, maybe talk to the point of, you know, your take on why that's coming about and, and, and how to do that kind of effectively and compliantly in today's age. Yeah. I, you know, 
social media searches are kind of, I don't want to say they're new, but they're, they're new in an FCRA standpoint, right? That product hasn't been out for a long time. But again, we have these remote workforces and, and the workforce is going to stay remote. Um, and so I think being able to, you know, look at social media and make a determination on who your applicant is as a person and how they fit into your work culture uh, is probably, you know, especially going forward is going to be a, a best practice. And I think that's going to continue to be refined. Um, I think that's going to continue to change. Um, and so I think that that companies just need to be on top of it, much like and we don't need to, to jump into it now, but continuous monitoring. Right. That is that is something that is happening now, something that they need to start thinking about if they're not already doing it and, you know, start setting things in place. Policies back to policy. Right. We need to be changing these policies and yeah, and I think that we're going to hit on that in a future episode, which is continuous monitoring, rescreening, and other things that are important to consider as we dive deeper on, on this, the show. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of alternatives on the screening side, you know, as we move forward, what are some things that, you know, uh, workarounds, if you will, for, for the delays and the issues regarding compliance, or maybe if you're forego screening, what are some suggestions that, you know, that you might that come top of mind for you, Joe, when it comes to alternatives to, you know, doing background checks the old fashioned way, which is, you know, get a piece of paper, run the screen, run your, your unlimited seven, seven year county search and, and, and onboard, you know, in, in a situation where maybe you, you can't afford to, you don't have the time to screen somebody in the traditional way. What are some of those alternatives? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I go back to, to national criminal database searches they're not expensive. It's not a huge expense. And I think that, you know, if you're not going to be doing your traditional county searches, the bare minimum that you do is at least the, the, the database searches. And if you find a record within those database searches, it's probably going to be worth your, your money and your time to, to run a county and follow up and, and get that information that you need. Um, you know, as far as alternatives, like, you know, is there something other than a background check that you can that you can do? You know, I don't know, um, you know, short of hiring a PI to, to do some background work on somebody, if there really is, and for employment purposes, you know, obviously that's a, that gets into a gray area. So, you know, I, I'm adamant that you've got to be running the background checks. It's just a matter of how you're doing it, right? So sure. running that national only, you know, followed by a follow-up if, there, if there's records, um, you know, there, there's other products out there, continuous monitoring. If you're not running an upfront background screen on your applicants, Chrome, find, find a provider that's offering continuous monitoring. And there's a lot that are offering it now. And there's multiple products out there. Uh, talk with a few of them, find out what fits your needs, run that continuous monitoring program on your applicant pool. You're going to, you know, if you find records, um, that's going to give you the information that you need, but, but bare minimum, nationals how about you yeah and i think it comes back to talking to your screening provider your partner and talking about in your area where you are if you're in colorado is the nat crim robust enough to get you is there a statewide available database search in the area where you operate or based on your compliance requirements and yeah. then understanding the holes if you're in a place like california or new york where that the database search may not be robust enough and looking at implementing policies and procedures that you can do rescreening and rechecks or even just a COVID 19 policy that i've seen some companies adopt, which says, you know, it's contingent employment based on this. And we have the ability to check down the road based on 
our compliance and our insurance and things like that and, and getting creative with that so that you can run a robust search and you can have kind of you know confidence that you're hiring people without issues that are not going to cause you know issues going down the road absolutely and i think those highly regulated industries right so you, you talk, start talking about financial industries the healthcare industries aviation any of those industries that are highly regulated the last thing that i, I think any of them can really afford is any kind of audit that's going to open up any kind of holes and and what they've been doing as far as background screening so i think those are all all important things to, to take into consideration and ultimately you know the reason for background screening it's your 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 brand safety um, it's protecting your brand. It's protecting your people internally, and it's protecting your customers. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in, whether you're listening or watching. We appreciate you uh, tuning into the first episode of Background uh, Check, Background Screening Tips and Tech. We look forward to coming to you guys with some additional topics. If you'd like to connect with Joe or I, please reach out to us on LinkedIn. We'll leave our information um, in the show notes, and we look forward to connect with you on a future episode. Thank you. Thank you, guys.